Welcome to Walker Retail Ranger. My name is Walker, a.k.a. The Retail Ranger. It is my job to keep you free from food safety danger. The other is to make sure that stuff gets on the shelf. It's harder than it looks. I can't do it by myself. Now it's time for... Walker Retail Ranger. years have I trained Jedi. You must unlearn what you have learned. Everybody, hey, to episode 75 of the Retail Ranger podcast, welcome. Sunday, May 21st, today is 2023. How Liz are you? Hmm? Hmm? Did that mess you up? Fine, I am. Okay, good. Hey, it's National Talk Like Yoda Day today. Okay, That's I'd... why I did that. I didn't tell you. I wish I'd known that earlier. Uh, no, but uh, I did a horrible Yoda impression. And uh, but, but you did a very good job coming back with us. That was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, it is also World Meditation Day. Um, do you hear the birds? Yeah. Maybe we should just go outside and chill. Very lively today. Uh, it's National Eat More Fruits and Veggies Day. Okay. And before we move upon that, I want to bring up something. Most retail ranger uh, fans or friends of the, the Walkman here have heard me tell the story of Barry Edward English. Ah, yes. He was my first boss, like my first produce manager, and he was a dude that would sit out in his Corvette with his aviator glasses on at lunchtime, and I was like, man, I got to be that guy. Yep. Well, it's a small world in the retail world. Did you know that, Liz? We all know each other. We recycle. Yes, yes. Right? Well, on a lark, I happened to stalk Barry online, and I found his Facebook page from a couple years back, and it said that he worked for the same corporation that I do. Really? Not the same brand or banner, but the same overall company. Okay. So I used the intra-company thing, and I, I found out that allegedly he's a, a part-time produce clerk up in New Hampshire. Wow. And I went and I, I emailed the produce manager up there, and I said, hey. You probably don't remember me. I, I knew of him, this guy Brian, but I didn't. And I said, uh, but I worked for Barry English back in on Hanover Street in Manchester, New Hampshire, many moons ago. And I said, I, I saw online where it was like that he worked for you part-time produce. And like a day or two went by and he, he emailed back that, in fact, Barry does work there and he does remember me. I thought that was really cool. That is so cool. So we're going to take a road trip up to New Hampshire, but I got to rent a blue Corvette to do that. <laughs> It'd be, no. All right. Well, I tried. Uh, speaking of that, it is also National Strawberries and Cream Day. Yum, that is a That is a great combination. Yes, it is. And I didn't like strawberries when I was little. Why? I, I think it was the seeds. Yeah, that could be kind of a turnoff, especially if they're like the homegrown ones. They tend to have bigger seeds, I yeah. think. But but didn't you grow them on the farm? Yeah, on the farm. Back in the day. <laughs> um, all right. It's uh, I need a patch for that day as well. All right. So here's a quick little story. Uh, we, we recently had our fence put around the ranch here, right? Mm-hmm. And they put on gates on the uh, the back deck. <laughs> yeah. Right? And over, I guess once it settled settled a little bit, uh, one of the big gates was kind of dragging a little bit on the deck. So last weekend, I, I went out there and I kind of filed it down a little bit so it would shut, right? Yeah. Well, of course, we've had a lot of rain and sun and all that, and it's doing its thing. And 
it's dragging again. <laughs> so I was out there pondering today, how can, I, how can I avoid bringing a saw into this mix? I don't want to cut it. It involves getting a battery, cords, I don't know, I just didn't want to do it. Laziness helps create <laughs> positivity. So I had this little quick blip in my head. I was like, all right, I'm going to use a shim. I said, what would be a good shim to try just to see if it lifts it up enough? So I went into, on top of my dresser, I've got a little montage of coins oh, and yeah. assorted crap. And I found a quarter. So I went outside and I placed that in the little corner of the hinge there and shut the gate and voila, it shut without dragging. Yeah, that kind of blew my mind. And I was like, man, this is amazing. So then I opened the gate and the quarter stuck there. Because <laughs> I was thinking I could always just take a washer and a screw and like zap one in there and it'll be there. But the quarter is just chilling. I guess it got pressed in enough that... It's doing its thing. So, and we'll talk about this in a little bit when we talk about consumer uh, debt. We have a quarter stashed. If we lose all of our cash, we still have a quarter. All right. Well, I just told everybody where it is now. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I'm going to replace it with a washer. <laughs> um, it's also International Tea Day. Yummy. Okay. I like tea. Uh, National Memo Day. Thank you. <laughs> and... Rapture party day, and I guess that's kind of symbolic about the uh... chickens. What rapture? They, oh, no, not raptor. <laughs> oh, now it's about the rapture. Celebrating that. Oh, uh, great. Let, let's hold okay. off on that a little bit. Let's move on. And we will give Ashley a little props today because uh, she is working at the local uh, restaurant here in town, and it is National Waitstaff Day. Okay, they deserve a hand. They do. Small hand. All right, I didn't <laughs> want to mess it up, so. All right, what you got cooking there, Liz? All right, so I have another recipe using rotisserie meat or baked chicken and just get the meat off of it. And I've had this recipe since the late 80s, I'm telling my age here a little bit. But um, I have this, I love collecting old cookbooks. Mm -hmm. So I have a Better Homes and Garden cookbook from 1989. That was a year before I graduated. Oh, shut up. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's been a so, myth. Um, back then, I don't know, wasn't a lot of Mexican dishes, you know, going around, especially out in the country and stuff. Right. You know, it was more basic. But I found this chicken enchilada recipe. So I was intrigued. And um, I made it. It was amazing. And... One of my roommates back in the day, Kathleen, she actually had me make it for her every time she threw a party, but okay. she liked to have people over all the time. So um, anyway, it's like a super easy recipe. It's very cheesy. I love that so, cheese. So yeah. Um, anyway, I looked online. I have the actual recipe. Right. But I looked online to try and find it, you know, just in case anybody wanted to reference it. Okay. I could not find that exact recipe. Anywhere. Really? No, nowhere. So, anywho, um, this is pretty much what's in it. Of course, I tweak it a little bit, uh, right. usually adding more, more cheese, more. Oh, yeah. You're sour not afraid cream, of cheese. More spice. You're pro cheese. <laughs> I'm very pro cheese. Yes, you are. Another thing I didn't like when I was little. So, anyway, um, you start off with tortillas, the soft ones. Mm -hmm. The picture of it in my cookbook looks like corn. But we both kind of prefer, prefer the, soft. the flour, right? Yes. Yeah. So you saute onion, chopped onion, four cloves of garlic. Of course, I put more onion. Um, a teaspoon or more of coriander. I also threw a little cumin in there. Black pepper. 
and then you take three tablespoons of flour and you mix it up in a carton of sour cream. This calls for eight ounces. Mix it up in a carton of sour yes. cream? Yes. But I use only 16 ounces just okay. because I like a lot of sauce. So you're better off just putting that all that stuff into a bowl with the sour cream? Or, just, or, or do you, are you talking about you literally I, put it I in the I literally container? mix it up in the carton. Okay. The spices? The flour. Uh, well, it's only three tablespoons or whatever. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. So it's, it's not that much. I'm sorry. I was trying to wrap my head around putting adding stuff to a <laughs> container. So you saute the onion and the garlic and two or three tablespoons of butter with the coriander, black pepper, and then you um, pour the, or kind of spoon out the sour cream mixture with the flour. All right. And you get it kind of hot and bubbly, and it, it doesn't take long. And then you pour in two cups of chicken broth. All right. I actually made moon chicken broth yes, this morning. Yes, you did. Oh, house smelled phenomenal. I know. And then you put in a can of diced chilies, which I didn't have any. But I did end up finding Monterey Jack um, cheese okay. that has the jalapenos in it. All right. So, but, so we're going to be on fire later. Um, no, it's or really, it's not that hot. All right. Um, it calls for one cup of Monterey Jack, which is hilarious to me right. because um, I'm going to put more. And also, it called for margarine, not butter, which I can't remember the last time we used margarine. Yeah. Well, it's so expensive, too. Oh, well, that was an 80s thing anyway. Yeah, that's true. You're right. I can't believe it's not butter. I know. So for the cheese, I, that's a good time to just clean out your cheese drawer. That's a good point. Y'all yes. got those little packages with a couple pieces here and there. Right, and so I had some Colby Jack left over, the Monterey Jack, so I just shredded everything up together. And then um, it's about, they call for two cups of cho- chopped chicken. I put probably three and a half. You can't really mess up with this recipe. You really can't. can't. I mean, it's not like you're baking something right. that's, you know calls for baking soda and I mean, who's ever going to say there's too much cheese Nobody. or too much chicken <laughs> so anyway um once you add that sour cream in there you add the chicken broth and you cook it till it just gets like thick and bubbly then you put like half the cheese in there and stir it up so then you take about half a cup of the sauce i usually put you know a little more of the sauce mix it up with the chicken and then you have the tortillas kind of spread out and you you know, put some in each tortilla, wrap it up, seam side down, put it in a casserole dish. Okay. And then you take the rest of the sauce and pour it over top of the sure. whole thing. So um, when it's, I guess, about 35, 40 minutes on 350 degrees, I mean, you can tell when it's bubbling away. Take it out, pour the rest of the cheese on top, stick it back in there just long enough to melt the cheese. And then when you take it out of the oven and put it on the um the top of the oven just let it sit there for about 10 minutes because it needs to it needs to calm down <laughs> all that bubbling and you try to take it out of there it's, it's a going, passionate dish it is a passionate dish and it's going to fall apart if you take it out too soon but then you can top it with um you know green onions tomatoes black olives whatever you want yeah serve it with rice it, it is a very awesome dish that you you know, winter, summer, whatever, it's it's good. And we eat it off it. I mean, it makes so much. I mean, we eat it off at several meals. I haven't fixed it in a while. No, you haven't. So. Well, and what I think we'll do is let's get a good picture of it after it comes out of the oven today. Okay. And then we'll maybe, is there a way we can get that recipe, a picture of the recipe? Yes. And we can post that on there too. Yes, yes. We'll put that on our Instagram account. That way folks can reference it I'll too. I'll take a picture of it out of the cookbook and you can see how many times I've used it because the page is a little... 
dingy a little messed up that's all right that's good i'm look so when are we having this tonight oh my gosh we're actually having something you're cooking <laughs> on the same day it's about time get back on the program here that's awesome i, I really look forward to it and, and honestly i was not a huge uh mexican food kind of guy but i absolutely love that dish it's one of my faves it's a really good comfort food it is yeah and like i said especially cheese it comforts me it hugs me and you know you can leave out the pepper or the chilies. Yeah, obviously that, that's a dish you can you can really custom tune. You what really you want. can. You can so. add stuff, subtract stuff. Yeah, whatever. you could put green pepper in there instead. Saute that with the onion. You know, it, it's you're not going to mess this up. Right. Take it, my word for and it. Just make sure you get plenty of sour cream after, because that's that yes, is that is yes. something to dip in, like and some oof. shredded lettuce. On the oh, side. oh man, it turns it even fresher. <laughs> Ooh, good times. All right. Well, on a happy note, let's talk about U.S. consumer debt, Liz. Yeah, so uh, Americans are showing signs of financial stress as they add $148 billion in debt and fail to pay off their credit cards. Uh, U.S. households showed signs of increasing financial stress in the first quarter, with credit card balances not declining in the way they typically do at the start of the year and delinquencies rising for most types of consumer loans. Yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, I, we'd always get the crunch where we'd spend too much money at Christmas and then always, pay that crap fun. off. Well, yeah, but then you pay it off the first couple months, you know, whatever. Uh, but it, and apparently most folks do, but they aren't this year. Uh, households added $148 billion, bringing the total, oh, in overall debt, bringing the total to $17 trillion. Uh, balances are now $2.9 trillion higher than just before the what? pandemic. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it says here typically typically consumers build up more credit card debt at the end of the year uh, and then reduce those balances at the start of the following year, sometimes with the help of tax refunds. But the, for the first time in 20 years, that wasn't the case this year, suggesting that some households are understrained from higher prices and may be relying on credit cards to maintain their spending. Mm. That's a recipe for disaster. Uh, the overall delinquency rate, remained low by historical levels at 2.6%. So that's not horrible there. But the share of debt that became delinquent, uh, meaning it was at least 30 days late, is rising for most loan types, including credit cards and auto debt. Oh, so, gosh. People going to be hurting. Uh, this is a, this is earnings season, like for the first quarter. A lot of big companies will give their earnings. Uh, I got a couple that we're going to talk about today, and there'll be a few more coming this week. And it just kind of lets us know where we're, we're going to be sitting for the end of the year. Uh, Home Depot, their results or their earnings came out. Uh, their same store sales were down 4.5% in the first quarter. Mm. Uh, they were, analysts were expecting a 1.42% decrease, but they actually had a 4.5% decrease. What is um, a good increase? Like, what, what do they usually forecast? Well, I think on the average, if you are building your business by two, two and a half, three percent a year, that's healthy. Okay. Um, but like I said, and we've been talking about this here. I mean, a lot of people have double-digit sales right now, but that's fake. And just depending on the industry, you know, with the amount of inflation that's out there, the prices are, uh, are causing the sales trade, to be up. Trade. Your items and and traffic might not be what it was, but your sales are actually good. So I don't know. It's kind of a fine line here. Um, it says the chain's total revenues fell 4.2% year, year over year during the quarter. Uh, the president and CEO, Ted Decker, uh, said that lumber deflation and unfavorable weather affected the chain's results. See, so their prices came down on lumber, so that kind of caused their 
sales to drop a little bit because they might be selling the same piece of wood this year, but they're selling it for less. So are they going to raise the prices back up? No, and I guess that's the danger of it. I mean, because everybody's walking around going, yay, I got double-digit sales increases. But once the food prices and stuff start coming down, hopefully, which I did see egg prices have gone almost back to normal. Um, if, if stuff starts dropping back down, people's financials aren't going to look great. It'll be good for the consumer because the prices need to come back down to pre-inflationary levels. Well, if the prices come back down, won't people buy more? I mean, in theory, it's kind of relative. Um, but I guess, and that's kind of the thing. It's a fine line. It's a balance. I mean, folks got all this credit card debt too. That's so true. if they're trying to save money at the grocery store, instead of buying extra stuff, they might take that extra 50 bucks and put it on their, their payment. Hopefully that'd be the right thing to do. Get rid of that debt. Cause the interest on, on debt is insane. Uh, Target posts a modest one quarter sales or first quarter sales gain, but they warn that quarter two will be softer. So Target reported a 0.7% increase in same store sales as its customers concentrated on lower margin, non-discretionary purchases. We, I know it's repetitive, but folks aren't buying luxury stuff anymore you know, as much. They're buying the necessities, the, the food, the personal health care stuff. They're not buying T-shirts and crap yeah. as much. And I did see today... Um, Kind of related, but not. But the RV sales are plummeting. Um, the RV lots are just full of merchant or equipment, RVs, and people aren't buying them because obviously, if credit card debt is high, um, the average Joe is not going to go out and get more in debt. And um, I believe RVs, you have to have a super awesome yeah, line of credit or recreational vehicle. You yeah, have to it's have. a luxury tax or luxury thing. I yeah. guess. For, yeah. So that's going to make it even tougher for folks to, to get those. So might be some good deals on some RVs next year. <laughs> uh, let me see. So Target, they posted a 5.8% decline in profits in the first quarter. See, there, there's the thing. They were just barely up in, sa- in same-store sales, but they were down almost 6% in profit. And he also, uh, they also warned that sales would likely soften in the second quarter as consumers look to stretch their dollars in an inflationary environment. Side note, they also lost, or they're projecting they're going to lose like $500 million in shrink this year. Target is. Say, I mean, from theft? Theft. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Uh, actually, here's a little thing. Uh, $500 million is the amount Target expects their retail theft will reduce its 2023 profitability by compared with last year. That is insane. Uh, while their gross margin increased compared with the same period last year, Factors driving the uptick were offset by higher inventory shrink. Target pointed to organized retail crime as an urgent issue for itself and the entire retail industry because it impacts product availability, the shopping experience, and the safety of team members and customers. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, retail theft towards the end here. I got a couple of little thoughts about New York and what's going on up there, some stats and something I saw today. Uh, Walmart beats expectations and raises their full year guidance. So instead of the other retailers we talked about, Walmart beat theirs and they're looking better. Well, think about it. They're everywhere. Um, That's tends to be the low price leader on stuff, um, especially groceries and all that. So folks are flocking. They're trying to get the most bang for the buck. So obviously an inflationary period is great for retailers like Walmart. If they can keep their inventory level, you know, their percentage, right. You know, you want to balance, you want to still be able to sell some of that general merchandise to keep your profit up to help offset some of that lesser margin in the the food side. 
Uh, Walmart posted a 7.4% gain in U.S. same-store sales, above the 5.1% gain expected by Wall Street. So when you come in better than Wall Street expectations, it's good for the company. I would think that food sales would bring that down, though, as far as... Because they make their money on GM. Right. Well, this is just their actual sales. Okay, gotcha. The profit comes from the GM stuff. But I think you kind of proved a point there, too. Because generally, your your basket full of groceries is going to be cheaper than a basket full of general merchandise, right? Right, right. So that tells you people are really buying the food stuff over there. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's not good for a, a profit perspective, but... Um, let me see. We continue to gain market share in the grocery category, including with higher income and younger shoppers. And we saw good growth in membership income in both Sam's Club and Walmart Plus businesses, said Walmart CEO Doug McMillan. And, and I read that a little bit deeper into that. A lot of higher income folks are shopping at Walmart, too. So, I mean, it's affecting everybody, the hmm. price of stuff. I mean, if you got money, you want to kind of keep that money, right? Oh, yeah. Right. So the best way to do it is to save cash. So. That was kind of neat. Um, so SNAP is the uh, the food stamps yeah. um, that we have here in the United States. Uh, Walmart actually gets about 26% of SNAP grocery dollars. Wow. I didn't realize that. Um, and then what really kind of added to that was Kroger has the second highest share, 8.4%. And then Albertsons has 59 So between those two, that's 17% plus Walmart's 25 almost half of the food stamp benefits in the United States go to those three retailers. Wow. Well, I guess it has to do with location and, That's true. and pricing and all that, but I thought that was neat. I never really had an idea of how much it was spread out out, out there. All right, so we're going to kind of dabble into uh, New York City. Okay. Uh, their retail theft has gone up 44% in the last Oof. five years. In the last five years, up 44%. So uh, Mayor Eric Adams on Wednesday released a comprehensive plan to combat the problem across the five boroughs. Um, and it was funny, I guess one of the reporters asked him to provide the dollar value of stolen goods from New York, and he just said, it's a lot. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Um, now we've talked about the amount. I think 2021 organized crime accounted for half of the $95 billion in shrink, which is crazy. Um Law enforcement in New York has begun zeroing in on repeat offenders who often steal goods for resale on online platforms and elsewhere. In 2022, so last year, New York police made more than 22,000 retail theft arrests and 327 repeat offenders were responsible for nearly a third of those. That's crazy. Isn't it? So this year so far, 250 people have been arrested almost 2,500 times, and 70% of those are repeat offenders. So the average person's like retail thief is getting arrested 10 times for this problem. Well, What's the problem there, there's Liz? no accountability. That's the thing. Uh, we have laws. Let's, let's use them. We're trying to rewrite the book here, but just today I saw on social media, so it's got to be true. <laughs> uh, it's from a Fox 5 thing up in New York. The It's a... A PowerPoint. Crackdown on shoplifting plan for New York City. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Here's how they're going to crack down on shoplifting in New York City. I want to make sure you understand that. Okay. They're going to give first-time offenders intervention programs instead of prosecution. Oh, my God. 
That's the first problem. If there's no incentive to not do it, if you're not going to get in trouble doing it the first time, it's not going to, it's not going to stop it. I love this one. De-escalation training for retail employees. So I've seen, I'm sure you have, the videos of folks running into these stores, grabbing armfuls of clothes and merchandise and running out the store, right? And they're looking at the cameras. They're not right. even covering their faces. And the employees are standing there. It, how much more de-escalation do you need? From the, <laughs> I mean, open the door for them at that point. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Even putting the retail employees involved in this plan is ridiculous. We've got enough crap going on. For us to try to de-escalate some whack bag coming into your building and stealing, if they're going to steal that kind of quantity and that kind of passion, I mean, we saw a thing the other day where a dude ran his truck into a store or yeah. something, right? Uh-huh. I mean, my God, if you're going to do that, what am I going to do? Get out of the way. Right. So, I mean, that's just a waste of, point two, a waste of a plan. Uh, they're going to establish neighborhood retail watch groups to share theft information in real time with one another and New York Police Department. I like that idea. I think that's a great idea, and there needs to be a lot more of it. The key is, if they don't do anything about the information they're getting, exactly. nobody's going to... You know as much as I do, um, whenever we start programs in the retail world, if we don't all do it, it doesn't do anything, and then it makes no changes, then people stop doing it, and it just goes away. Right. Right? Here's the, the piece de resistance <laughs> on this plan, which made me chuckle and why we're talking about it today. Install kiosks in stores to connect would-be thieves with social service programs. What? They're going to put kiosks in these stores that would-be thieves are going to walk in thinking, I'm going to steal all these clothes, but they're going to see a kiosk. And I say, wait a minute. Instead of doing that, let me sign up for some help. <laughs> That's going to work. Seriously. That is just dang ridiculous. It doesn't, that is not what's going to happen. Stop trying to rewrite the crap. We have laws in place. Enforce those laws, and the stuff will start to slow down. There's always going to be retail theft. The problem is organized retail theft is so blatant, and then it's all over social media, so then some other idiot's going to see and go, well, I can do that if they can do it, right. and they're not getting in trouble, so poof, they do it. Ah, it's ridiculous. All right, so we're going to end on a very happy note. Thank goodness. Oof. I know that was a lot of info, a lot of doom and gloom. But we got shopping lists, Liz. Yeah. I got six of them today. Whoa. Very, very popular week for shopping lists. All right, this one. Alcohol. Yay. Die right? <laughs> uh, D3 vitamins and cereal. That's it. That's the breakfast of champions. <laughs> Alcohol, a vitamin, a vitamin D, and cereal. <laughs> Pour a little beer in that cereal. Hey. <laughs> All right, this one's on a little crumpled post-it note. Not funny, but it's just kind of weird the way it... Usually... Now, let me just read it. Chicken, ice cream, shred cheese, ice cream cups, and fruit. I guess in my head, I'm thinking if I'm writing ice cream, I'm going to write ice cream cups. I know. You yeah. Know, and then have kinda the chicken and shredded it. cheese together. Categorize. I don't know. Maybe that's just OCD. Lettuce. L-E-T-T-E-C-E. <laughs> uh, dressing. And dog food. Okay. Times are tough, people. All right. Times are tough. By the way, happy birthday to Mr. T. He turned 71 years old today. Mr. T? Yes. All right. You pity the fool. <laughs> that was kind of random. Yeah, that, right. that was very random. All right. Uh, here's, here's a good sign of the times, people. Sign of the times. Water. Milk. Bread. 
Someone's going to go visit somebody in prison. <laughs> or somebody's getting out of prison. They want them, you know, yeah. ease them back in. <laughs> Don't just drop enchiladas on them. Yeah. All that extra cheese. All right. This one's weird. Uh, big trash bags, potatoes, and ice cream at the top of the list. And those are all crossed out. At the bottom, potatoes. Again? Half and half milk, ice cream, big trash bags, and zesty Italian dressing. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, they crossed out the top three and then rewrote them. But they spelled potatoes right, so That's props good. to them. All right, this is the last one, so let's make it count, Liz. Fruit. F-R-U-T-E. <laughs> Fruit. Uh, oranges with a circle and four. Four oranges. Uh, grapes. Strawberries. S-T-R-A. No W-B-E-R-R-I-S. Oh, Strawberries. Uh, mayonnaise, <laughs> M A, and that's a tough word to spell. That's why it, everybody just says mayo. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Just write mayo. M A Y O N I Z E. Oh no! I will mayonnaise my sandwich. <laughs> All right, now this one, this could go a couple ways, especially after talking today with your recipe. It's either tortellini or tortilla or turtle. Uh, tortling, T O R T O L I N G. Tortoling. Interesting. Tortling. I'm thinking it's tortellini. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. Especially the way they spelled fruit. I, I haven't seen it spelled that way. That F-R-U-T-E. is funny. So. All right. You got anything else? I think I'm good. All right. We're going to get downstairs and take some pictures of this beautiful uh, enchilada recipe. Enchiladas, right? Yeah. I think I always called it something different. Didn't I call it chimichangas or yes. something? Yes. See, I don't even say that right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, we appreciate your continued support and... uh we will be posting pictures of some stuff here on our Instagram, so check that out. I think it's Walker Retail Ranger on Insta, as the kids say, because they can't say Instagram anymore. I got to say Insta. And uh, we'll catch you all on the flip side. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to us and letting us be ourselves. We appreciate what you do to get stuff on the shelves. Stay safe out there. Do what you can to avoid any danger. Have fun, work hard, and be a Retail Ranger. You've been listening to... Walker, Retail Ranger.